Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. All right, guys, here we are again on another Monday night. My name is Jody Burkeen. I am your host of the Man of God's Way podcast and the founder of Man of God's Way Men's Ministry, a ministry that was birthed out of a desire to see men do Christianity and uh, live a life that is uh, worthy of God. And uh, we're glad you guys joined us. If you get an opportunity, if you guys will share this podcast uh, with your friends, your social media platform, and anybody else that you can think that would want to hear it. And um, I think we're having technical difficulties, dude. Oh, yeah. We just lost a little service there. Had a little blip. And we just lost camera again. Well, on my end, you look fantastic. Well, <laughs> on this end, it's not. All right. Well, it'll work. Matt, can you see us, buddy? That's a lot better right now on my end. You okay. Bet. All right. Good. Well, we'll we'll figure it out. It's uh, we always got uh, a ghost in the machine half the time, anyway. So tonight in the podcast room, I've got uh, Fergoza. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. Good. Glad you're here. Good to be here. Everybody came in on two wheels tonight, didn't we? It's <laughs> <Yeah>. just like <laughs> crazy night. Ben, how you doing, brother? Good, good. good. to see you. Glad, yeah. glad you're here, man. Good to be here. Long Easter weekend. Y'all have a good Easter weekend? I did. Yeah, did it was you? good. Good. Yeah. Awesome. Everything except the preaching. Yeah, the preaching was that. tough, wasn't it? Yeah. Man, I need to find another church to go to. <laughs> I refuse to go to this church. I know the pastor here is horrible. <laughs> yeah, it was cool yesterday. I spoke, uh, I preached two services. And uh, if you came to the second services, it was 10 times better um, sermon because I got to practice the trial. Yeah, that was twice as many people, too. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was yeah. massive. Yeah, we had a huge second service. It was good. We had a record Sunday yesterday. It was good. Uh, you just bring church, the good so stuff for the big crowd, yeah. Jody. Yeah, exactly. I sure did. Yeah. It's uh it's when you're preaching, it's a lot easier to get excited when there's a bigger crowd, you know. You got a yeah. little bit more uh uh people uh, interacting and it was good. Oh, so. you're a method actor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But no, it was uh it was a good Sunday. I got to spend the the afternoon with my daughter and her husband, my new son-in-law, and uh they had us over and did some good cooking and grilling out and played some cornhole and had some fun time. That was about it. So yeah, make sure you tell Evie uh, yesterday on the way home from church, Stacy said that Evie and Elijah were hosting Easter. And I was like, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> How that happened? I'll have to tell them next yeah, time. Yeah. Make sure you let them know. They were nervous wreck with just me and their mama yeah. coming over, much less everybody else. So, but no, it was good. So for those, you got some big stuff coming up next week. I What's do going have some on? big stuff coming up. Uh, we have the release of the waking up music video. It's been like, I think we released the song in 2020. So it's been three years. Yeah. Oh yeah. There it is. Yeah. Hello, we Jim. It. We got it ready for you right here. Well, I appreciate that. So you're. Yeah, we're doing. So the music video is basically coming out. Um, right. And typically I try to do a, a release like maybe a year, year and a half right. tops. Um, man, I just ran out of money on this one. <laughs> I just ran out of money. Uh, a lot of, you know, I, I know, you know, that I've been making the transition from nine to five into more of my own thing right. and, and all the above and just ran out of cash. 
right yeah oh there it is i can hear it there we go but yeah proud of it um adam miller did the production on it anagram film so yeah this saturday, so we got the big premiere this saturday yep, this saturday um it's going to be an in-person deal going on in st louis uh there's tickets online for that but uh you can catch it 7 p.m central on youtube and awesome. it'll be live yeah that's awesome appreciate the plug man so here's I'll a little be- bit of the song right here this is good if only ever been cool whispered secret or two will there be no need for me to spend all my time searching the universe for you yeah this is a good song you did a good job on this thank you really appreciate it looking forward to it's gonna be a fun premiere yeah man it's the first time i've done a a premiere in person so it's kind of a new experience high point theater was kind enough to oblige us here and uh yeah it's going to be cool just to, you know, like I said, it's more about Adam Miller and the work that he did. Um, I always say I just dress up in a clown suit and let him take pictures of me and it turns out great. So uh, I'm pumped about it. That's good. Well, we're excited. We've got my family going and I know Ben and his wife are going. So it's yep. going, to, going to be a fun time. Well, you're talking about me. I, was, I thought you were coming over to me to, to do our merch plug. Well, so, that too. Yeah. Heck so we yeah. got the man up. So what else we got going on over there? Your first book here, a man up becoming a godly man in an ungodly world. And then of course the second book, book pursuit of a godly life living like Jesus matters. Amen. That's how we promote the show. Um, right. We have merch online. I'll share it in the chat. Um, yeah. That's how you guys support the ministry and keep us here every Monday night and get those wheels squealing as we come around the corner. It was like 10 minutes. Awesome. Yeah. Like, we <laughs> like 10 like minutes. minutes. Turning everything on, plugging it on. And so it was good. It's good. Glad you guys are here, man. Um, really excited about tonight. We've got a special guest with us tonight, Matt Klein. Matt, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm just sitting here in a little bit of envy, though, looking at those mustaches. We lost audio. Side. Hold on just a second. <laughs> that Hold song's on. still playing. That song's still playing. That was a the problem. There, there we go, go, Matt. There we go. I'm I'm doing well. I'm just sitting here thinking Jordy and I missed the memo on the on growing a mustache. Holy Fergosa, <laughs> yeah. you got it going on. I'm impressed. Yeah. It's a club. You're more than welcome to join. There are membership dues. Yeah. We'll uh, I'll email you. Yeah. I think it might take me a couple of years to get there. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good. Yeah. I can't, I can't grow one like that at all. That's why I don't even, I, I've tried to grow a beard and I look like I've got the mange, you know, yeah, just spot. We must there. warn you though, just like our walk with Christ, there is suffering. Yes. <laughs> there is suffering. <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. These guys got these massive stashes and uh, make me look bad over here, but it doesn't take much to look, make me look bad. So you know, glad you're here, Matt. Me too. Me too. But, I'm glad that we met and just love what you're doing. So it's cool to be here. Yeah, so I got to be on um, a podcast. What's the name of your podcast again, Matt? Pure Victory Podcast. Pure Victory Podcast, exactly. So um, I met Matt through that, and uh, then he introduced me to a couple guys, and it's just been really cool how God's been working in and through that. And he's all the way up in Canada, eh? and uh, I didn't say that right. I got I got to figure. I got to get that down. Hey, 
I got you the, said it like you're from I'm Australia. Red, I said it like I'm a redneck from Kentucky because I. Hey, <laughs> hey, yeah. You know what's funny when Americans say that to me, which happens often. I don't even think anything of it, and then it takes me a couple of seconds. I'm like, oh, they're making a joke. It's just making, so yeah. me, so. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Well, Matt, won't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, you know how you got into the ministry that you're you're in, and we'll uh, we'll plug all. All that here in just a second but look give us your testimony cool yeah i mean the ministry is it's it's all about helping people with sexual brokenness pornography infidelity just sexual abuse all of that and so often i just tell people when my grade one teacher first grade for you americans but when my first grade teacher said what do you want to do when you grow up i said i want to talk about porn and masturbation publicly that's that, that's <laughs> that certainly is not the case <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I was a I was a hockey guy growing up. Surprise, surprise! Just start playing the stereotype for Canada, but uh, but I played high level actually. Some guys out in St. Louis have been uh, from Edmonton. I played some guy with some guys there, and so but I was eighteen and um I got I got hurt. I got a concussion and couldn't play hockey anymore. Had headaches for about six years and just kind of lost direction um because hockey was everything but i grew up a believer my my dad's a pastor and that's actually what people what i would always tell people when they would say hey are you a christian or are you religious i'd i'd go yeah my dad's a pastor and that was like the extent of my understanding um you know don't don't chase girls don't swear don't get drunk um but it, but it was all just rules and no relationship and when i got when I got, uh, when I first saw porn, I was about 11 and it created this, uh, uh, just kind of confusion in me because I'd go to church and like so many people, I would just tell myself, man, I'm the only one here that watched porn last night. And, uh, and I can't tell anybody about this. And and then I'd go to the hockey rink and the, my teammates and buddies would be talking about porn, but I couldn't tell them that I was, do, I was watching that too. Cause I was the Christian guy and I didn't want to give that image. And so I was just stuck in this life of secrets and shame and guilt and carrying this and and i got i got uh when i got hurt my um my our team chaplain who would talk to us about every two weeks um he gave us a talk about five days after i got hurt and and he just said you know what you don't need to know what god is doing in your life right now but looking back a couple years from now you'll probably see and so to that point, I never had understood what a relationship with Jesus was, um, but that was a starting point for me where I, kind of my dream ended. And I would say, I could say it like this, my idol was taken from me, my right. idol of hockey. And, uh, and I started putting my life more in Jesus' hands and opening the scriptures for the first time, not out of obligation, but because I wanted to, and just seeking relationship with Jesus. And, um, you know, he... He led me from there. I, I was 18 then. The ministry started when I was 20. Uh, well, I was 25 when he called me into the ministry. And it started a couple of years after that. But that's a, that's a bit of my growing up. So That's great. That's great. You know, it's unfortunate that most men struggle with this addiction to pornography um, and and lust. And it it ends up taking them to places where they didn't necessarily want to go. And it it breaks a lot of men. How did you, like, at what point did you realize that it, it had become too much for you and that um, it was eating up your world, so to speak? Well, you know what? I was, I was, I, I would always tell myself, even when I was a teenager, um, I, I won't do this when I'm married. Um, I'll be done by the time I get a wife. And, 
And so I was 21 and feeling a little old to be single, right? Got to get on that dating scene and put a ring on her on her finger. And so, um, and so I thought, man, if I want to be want to be uh, porn free by the time I'm married, there's got to be a last time. And so I was telling myself this as I was watching porn one night, and and I I just I just closed the computer and didn't finish as I normally would. I just kind of closed it and that was it. And I thought I want to be porn free for a year before I date someone because I knew that it was a problem. And so to answer your question, I would say probably I always knew it was a problem, but probably when I started thinking more about relationships and getting married, I thought, okay, this is the, this is the time that I've always said I was going to quit. And I don't know why I didn't have more urgency earlier, but, uh, but that was a big thing for me to not carry that into relationship and, you know, be cuddling with a girl and thinking about what I was watching earlier that day. And, I just didn't want that. And so I, I, I did quit. I, I probably didn't get tempted for six or eight months. Like there was almost nothing. I just quit. And what I didn't do with though was I never gave glory to God. I didn't pursue right. health, the purity in my heart. Um, I just quit a behavior because for, for so many porn addicts, that's the whole goal in life. If I could just quit porn, everything's good. And so that was what I hear. It's something I hear a lot, but that was certainly true for me. Um, but because I didn't grow and guard myself, I didn't understand that that the that the enemy waits for an opportune time that he'll flee from us, but he'll wait to come back when we're weak. Right. And so I was I was then 24, so I'd been almost two and a half years free of porn, and just got my first iPhone and. Uh, a guy at work said something that he he talked about this weird porn site that he found. I don't remember what it was, but it was some weird, like weird thing that I would never been into weird fetish. And so that night I was like, ah, I, I may as well check it out. Like I won't be into it. I just kind of want to see what it's like. Cause it sounds weird. And, right. and I went to it and then I, within less than a minute, I'm back to my old go-to sites and it was two and a half years worse than ever. I'm like missing meetings. I'm staying home on the weekend when friends are going away and, and, and so this whole time I was just confused and stuck and thinking, why was I able to be free before? And now I'm like multiple times a day and it, it was just bad. And so I would be praying always. I'd say, God, I want to, I want to have an anchor, like something that's strong enough for me to hold on to, to quit. Um, but I'd also pray and I'd say, God, I want to be used by you all around the world. And I, that was not happening. I would always, I, right. I really would always look at my life and think nobody who's, nobody's life is better because of mine. Um, which I think highlighted a desire for significance, but it was more placed in what I was doing than who I am, which was a problem. And so I, but I was praying these prayers and, you know, give me something strong enough to hold on to. And I want to be used by you. And I, I, I just heard the Lord very clearly in a worship set one time. And he said, I want to, I want to use you, Matt, but you've got to get pure. And I was like, man, this is the answer to both those prayers. And so I, uh, I quit and, I just thought I, I I I was starting to preach, starting to lead groups. I just thought like people are going to be impacted, lives changed within like a month. Like God has called me into this, things are going to happen, <laughs> and it just didn't happen for years. Yeah. Like it took about three years for things to really start picking up. But in that process, what he did was I I he brought me into a relationship with him like I had never known. I was just eating up scripture, hours in prayer learning worship, learning thankfulness in every circumstance. And, and so that I, I remember one night I was, I was, uh, it was shortly after the Lord called me into this ministry and out of porn. And, 
And I was really, really tempted. And I was thinking, like, why am I tempted? Am I not free? Because the first time I didn't watch porn, I was never tempted. And so what I started learning was, no, you can be free and be tempted. It's just your response to that. We can walk in victory and the temptation can kind of show us where we're at in terms of our intimacy with Jesus. And so I started just growing in that. And what I really realized, this goes back to your question, which with a long-winded answer here, but but I realized that my my all of my um my identity and my worth was in was in quitting porn and then validating myself by making an impact but it wasn't ever found in relationship with Jesus and so he was able to strip all these idols from me and and really when i had nothing when i saw no fruit in my life when i didn't have porn to escape to i could just call on him and i could start hearing his voice and learning his love and experiencing that and it was pretty cool and so yeah, porn got in, a, in, a, in the way of a lot, but God was able to get me out. So, that's good. And so, when was it? When when was it? When you finally were free of it? What what year was that? Or how long ago was that? That was that was December twenty thirteen. So, what's that? Okay. Nine and a half years, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Well, congratulations. That is awesome. That is awesome. That is good. So, since then, you're married, correct? Yeah, so I got married to a girl who never would have married me if I brought brought porn into the, the into the thing relationship. Um, wow. I got married in uh, September 2015, so I've been, I guess, almost two years porn free. Okay, wow! Congratulations, that is awesome. Yeah, thanks. You know, one of the things that we deal with with a lot, and we've had, you know, gosh, I could say probably four guys that are uh, probably in the same type of ministry that you're in. You know, it's it's in purity. It's in um, you know, trying to set them, set them, you know, selves free or, you know, through the word of God, through lust and or from lust and porn. Um, what do you think, what do you think is different than, than what other people are doing that, that you've been doing? What do you, what do you, what do you, what's your, what's your niche, I guess, sure. so to speak? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I really love what the Lord does because he, he calls different people to lots of different things. But in this context, he calls a lot of different people to run these porn ministries, but we all have our own kind of way of doing it. Right. And, and it's not like it's one size fits all. And, and I just think it's really cool. Um, and so when I talk about how we do it, it's not saying that it's better than everybody else. It's just, it's, it's neat that the Lord has different ways. Um, right. to help. But, but, uh, but one thing that is foundational is, is um is our identity in Christ and experiencing the love of the Father. And so, you know, different different ministries have, you know, where they they work on your inner child or they work on um uh like family systems and things like that. And I, I think it's all great. Like there's all there's room for everything. But I always tell people when they come into our ministry, my goal for you is not actually just to get you free of your sexual sin. It's I want you knowing who you are in Christ and being aware and living in the love of the Father. And the reason is because, I'll just give you one example. There, there was a guy who had been to Christian counselors. He'd been in different ministries. He tried getting, tried getting rid, rid of his porn, porn use. Um, but he came and he started working through us, through our programs and doing coaching. And, and through the process, he talked about this sexual interference that he um, experienced as a kid. And there was just kind of a check in my heart when I heard that word interference. And I was like, why do you say that? And 
And he couldn't come to the point of saying abuse, that he was sexually abused when he was a kid. And it's because he, he said, well, the person that did it wasn't trying to be malicious to me. It was just they were trying to get their own pleasure and they were using me. And so in this process, he was reading in Exodus and it says that, that Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. And we just always think of God in the light and the enemies in the dark, right? Right. Actually approach the thick darkness and understand that the love of God is going to carry us when we do that. It's pretty foundational in moving us to freedom. And so what we want to do initially is go, like, nobody is calling you an addict in our ministry. I always say to people, and even when I'm preaching, like, when did God come into your prayer closet and say, hey, addict? Right. Dinner. <laughs> like he never did. He goes, Hey, you're a saint. You're a son. You're my beloved. Like, I love you. And so if you can experience that love, you're going to be able to go back into your past and get healing from the trauma, the abuse you went through, deal with your with the strongholds of lust. And so it's pretty cool. But that that's the foundation, probably, that is a little bit different with our approach. Um, is that it's yeah, it's it's founded, I think, in the love of God and our our identity. So yeah, I've been uh, I've been trying to write a book for almost four years now. It's called uh, "Porn Again Christian," and um, or "Pornified Believer" uh, is what it's called. "Pornified Believer," and cool. uh, it's just way too um, probably brutal at the moment. You know, I'm still trying to flesh it out and bring it more into a little bit more Christianese. But you know, sometimes when it, we're dealing with pornography, we have to really talk about the the ins and outs of it. You know, I have this theory, and I don't really know how to put it to play, but maybe you can help me out. But I think, you know, with the onset of all the homosexuality and all the transgenderism and uh, the, the gender issues and ideologies that are all being messed up, I, I honestly blame it on porn. Um, because when you're watching porn, it is uh it's not you're just not watching the opposite sex you're watching both sex and so for some of these younger folks uh, i think there's a major problem that they continue to you know uh they're they're questioning uh what they like you know because you're getting aroused watching both of these people uh usually typically a male and a female and i think that's causing all of these major problems that are happening within our society today you see this movement of um of uh homosexuality you see this movement of transgenderism you see all this stuff <laughs> my wife brought in here oh, my drink. I, think, I think she goes it. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, popping up. I love it. you know what's funny is i text my wife because she's got her bible study in our church and this we have our uh, podcast up in the other room and we didn't want to walk in and grab where the waters were so i text her i said why don't you quietly bring up uh some drink person <laughs> and scare for goza like a ninja <laughs> for goza as scared as you were was that a heart attack for goza as scared as you were there i can't come to the premiere yeah no, i know i can't be seen in public with you did y'all hear him squeal he squealed so, like a little girl <laughs> i don't know if i'm interrupting but so earlier i watched um matt's videos right on the information that you sent me right and something stood out there. Uh, something jumped out at me that he was saying, and I think it was an interview with your pastor or the gentleman. Um, maybe it was his pastor. You went to his church or whatever, and you said something to the extent of um, you learned thankfulness and you learned um, 
um, rejoicing in all things. And I didn't know exactly what I, I, it just, it spoke to me, but I didn't know why. And so I'm, I'm sitting here listening and I, I pull up first uh, John four ten, and this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. We find deliverance in God's love for us, not our love for him. Right. When you're trying to quit something, when you're trying to stop a sin, a lot, a lot of times we can say, oh, man, I just, if I could just love God more, I could get out of it. Or if I, man, if I could just find that, that verse that would make me love God more, I can get out of it. When in reality, our freedom is found in his love for us. Oh, I love yeah, it. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing as I listen to you two speak. It's Very good. sometimes I think we get it backwards. We're looking to do something or to get there or to cross over that invisible barrier. When in reality, it's always God that crosses over that invisible barrier to us. When unfortunately for most of us, the way that we equate God's love is based on our own relationships. Yeah. You know, everything that are we do in our own lives is always, um, it's reciprocal. You know, if I love you, you're going to love me and, and yeah. vice versa in relationships. And it's always a give and get kind of deal. So uh, I think a lot of times we don't realize that God's love is really all about God's love. Like yeah. he truly loves us that much. And um, you know, I've learned a lot from you over the last few years, because, you know, like one of the things that in my life, I've, I'm always it's always the discipline in my life, you know, and it's not always about the things that I don't do, but it, it, or do do it's, it's some of the things that God does for me. And yeah. I, I tend to not see that. And you've taught me that, you know, just yeah, the li love, listen to that love, the love of God wrecks me mm -hmm. when I think about God's love for me and all that he's done for just love in general. And, uh, yeah, it just, um, I, I find most of the time, if I'm struggling with something, I, I've, I've got to get back to uh, that, quit that stinking thinking and realize that no matter what I've done, God loves me, That's you know, good. and that he sees me as his son and that he sees me as a, uh, as a uh, way more than I ever will. Right. Well, it's, I love it, Ben. That's, that's so profound. I love how simply you put that. I'm going to, you, you're teaching me something. <clears throat> but I, one thing that I always say is we're not called to be loved because we already are mm -hmm. yeah. and we're called to love, but we won't love if we don't first receive right. like Adam and Eve, they like God breathed life into Adam and that's why he had life to give, but we have to receive first. You know how many people beg and beg and beg God's God for, for his forgiveness after they sin, like, God, please forgive me. Please. Will you just forgive me one more time? Yeah, his forgiveness was made available in full 2,000 years ago. Right. Yeah. And so we don't need to beg as if we don't have it or we're not sure. Yeah. I always, people that's What's that? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Well, it's controversial how I say it, and I know that. But, but I tell people, and then I give context, I don't want you to ever ask for God's forgiveness as if you don't have it. Like, I want you to learn to receive it. And so what I say is, like, thank God for his forgiveness. When you screw up. Thank you, God, that I'm fully forgiven. Thank you that you love me so much that you did this while I was yet a sinner, that you made forgiveness available for me. I receive that in my heart. And we just receive his love rather than acting like orphans and, and begging him as if we don't, we're not sure we have it. And once we've beaten ourselves up for a couple of days and we feel better, then, oh, okay, now God's forgiven me. And now he fully forgave you. And I love Psalm 143.8. It says, let the morning bring me word of your, of your unfailing love. 
for I trust in you. Then it talks about, and show me the way to go. And how many of us just want the way to go? We want direction, purpose. But it starts with, let the warning bring word of your unfailing love. Pretty profound. I love yeah, it. That's good. The, the only thing is the pastor uh, antenna went up here for just a minute, because I, I think a lot of times we sell cheap grace uh, to people. You know, there is a responsibility that we do have to learn to repent and walk away from those sins instead of waking up every morning going, oh, God, forgive me. Okay, yeah, I watched point again last night. God, forgive me. And you just continue in that because there's enough scripture that, that ought to cause you concern. Um, you know, I always think of Galatians uh, 519 where it says, um, if you continue in these sins and it lists out sexual immorality all the way down to, to outburst of anger, says you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And, and Paul is talking to the church there. So, you know, for those of us, you know, who are walking through this process of sanctification, God's looking for repentance. You know, you are forgiven of that sin, but you need to also be disciplined enough to walk away from that sin. And again, sometimes, you know, Sin is almost is it's 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 kind of like an onion, you know. One day you wake up, okay, like you did, Matt, and you know, one day you just woke up and said, "I'm done with porn." I closed, you know, I closed the computer and I walked away for two and a half years, and all of a sudden, bam, it shows up again. There's one layer of the onion, okay. So now you're gonna peel the other layer of the onion, and finally, you get to that place now where you, you know, I'm assuming since 2013, um, you have not looked at pornography. You've been faithful to your wife when it comes to lust and all of that. And, uh, and now you, you're, you're free of it. And that's where that sanctification process has to go for a lot of us as well. And it's not, it's not, not an easy process, but yeah, you, you are forgiven. And a lot of times we, we can't forgive ourselves, you know, and that's the, that's the biggest part is that we just feel so guilty for the sin that we just had. This is what I, this is what I tell people all the time. I, in fact, I just shared this with my brother the other day, cause my brother beats himself up over some things in the past. The verse that says, if you don't forgive, you can't receive forgiveness or I won't forgive you. I, I believe some of that means if you don't forgive yourself, you're not going to receive my forgiveness, not because he's not giving it. You just won't receive it, you know, and, and, and just to be clear, Matt, we were, we're, we, we just wanted to be clear that our listeners understood what you were saying. I understood what you were saying about the, Hey, listen, you're forgiven. You were forgiven 2000 years ago, but we, we run into men all the time that like Jody said, they, they live behind grace. And they don't try to change that behavior. And they just are basically like, well, you know, I'm forgiven. So we just want to make sure that there's no misunderstanding there. Oh, yeah. No, it's all good. The hyper grace movement is is very damaging. So I'm all about what you're saying. We've got to repent. We've got to we've got to walk away. Have godly sorrow, not that worldly sorrow that I don't want to get caught. And I'm sorry for like no godly sorrow is like my heart breaks because I'm breaking God's heart. My heart breaks because I'm choosing darkness over the love of the father. And I don't want this anymore. And we're just doing everything we can. And we'll bring things into light and confess to one another, even when it's hard. I mean, that's repentance. Like you've got to do that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Exactly. I've been, I've been reading uh, Leviticus and Hebrews together. Um, that's cool. And so what, what I'm learning is uh, now that I'm reading them together, because I had never, uh, my, my friend is the one that told me that, yeah. hey, listen, you've got to read these books together. And I just happen to be doing a one-year devotional where that pastor that wrote the devotional must know it too. 
because you at about Hebrew six, you start Leviticus. And what I'm learning is, is that one, thank God for Jesus. But number Amen. two is our, re, our, our sorrow, our, our broken heart for sinning each day should be more wholly done than it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we're, we're not sacrificing animals and stuff like that, but to what you just said, like we should really be broken hearted over the sin that we commit every day instead of laying down in bed and being like, uh, forgive me for the sin that I knew about and the sin that I didn't know about. It should be more holy than that is what I'm learning. And that, or at least that's, what's convicting me. Let's just say that it's convicting me. It's convicting me for the nights that I forget to repent or to ask forgiveness. It's convicting me for the nights that I say, you know, I got into this season where I was doing just like I said, forgive me for all the sins that I knew about and all the sins that I didn't know about, you know, this, that, and the other it's it's, there's a juxtaposition there that it's gotta be more than sometimes we make it not that we need to be in shame and regret over it. Like you said, but we do need to just feel this broken heart uh, for sinning against the God that sent his son to die for all of our sins on the cross. Like we're, you know, like we're making that sacrifice anew, you know, anyway, yeah, that's so true. Hey, this, this is an aside just for you listeners. I've never heard someone other than my dad talk about Hebrews and Leviticus like that. When I when scripture was really coming alive for me, I read through Leviticus. And as most people, I was confused. <laughs> I texted my dad and I said, what do I make of this? It was like 1130 at night. He goes, hey, go read Hebrews. I stayed up all night. I read all of Hebrews, and it was like, like what Jesus did for me just came alive. It was yeah. alive. dude. I'm like reading uh, Hebrews 13 and 14 about the, the, uh, the leprosy, and I'm like, what is this about? And then you get to Hebrews 11, and it's like, oh, our faith cleanses us. Oh, yeah. it just it it illuminates the reason why Jesus Christ did what he did. It like lights it all up. It's, it's unbelievable. And I take no credit for that. My friend is a Bible dork and sometimes he makes me mad, but he knows that he's the one that told me. And it just happened that in this devotion, it, it was the, it's, it, that's how he's got it lined out. That's cool. So, that's, cool. that's awesome. Well, good. So, so you're, do you have kids yet, Matt? We have two boys, four and two. Okay, good. That's awesome. They playing hockey yet? (laughs) The four year old, he's a brain man. He put things together. He's I don't know the brain of of an engineer, but sports it doesn't come as naturally. He's starting to get into it. But the two year old, he's he's ahead of the four year old in a lot of like catching and throwing and stuff. So right. They're starting to pick up hockey sticks. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, that, that was like I had, uh, I've got, we call them the bigs and the littles. We've got a 21, 20 year old and they were brainiacs and creative and artist. And then my two younger ones are athletes. So it's kind of, they're 12 year olds. <clears throat> so we're just, you know, getting to, 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 I have, it's been years since I've done sports and now we're getting to do sports again. So That's it's cool. been, been fun. So, cool. so how did you, 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 you got into ministry and did you go straight into like, um, you know, recovery, sexual recovery, uh, porn recovery? Did you go straight into that? Or did you kind of jump from somewhere else? How did you go? 
how did you get yeah. into that? Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, what happened was that worship service where the Lord spoke to me, "Hey, I want to use you, but you got to get pure." Um, right. I was like, "All right." So, I watched porn one time. After that, knew it was the last time. I quit. Um, back, let's rewind four, five years before this. I always had this thought in my head. I'm going to start an organization one day when I'm like 50 and financially independent and all that. Uh, I'm going to start an organization in the church like AA, but for porn. That's all I ever thought. And so, so three weeks after the Lord said, Hey, I want to use you. You got to get pure. Uh, I'm sitting in my room. It was a something. There was a presence of God in my room. I had never experienced anything supernatural, but I don't know if it was an angel or Jesus or what it was invisible, but but I just heard a voice that said, you know what you want to start in the future? I want you to start that now. And mm-hmm. I went now. And I had business dreams. I'd been starting little businesses and wanted to be in real estate and all that. And, and, and he said, yeah, now. And I said, that means changing everything in my life, changing my direction, everything and my friends. And he said, yep, yeah, now. And so I did. And that was, uh, that was just after Christmas 2013. And then the start of 2014 is when I just started just fall in love with him man like just learning him learning his voice hearing you know having dreams for the first time like from him um getting in scripture really understanding it diving in for the first time passionately so so what happened was i started um just meeting with pastors and saying this is the call uh i don't know how to do it what should i do and and so through that i started getting some speaking opportunities and leading groups and stuff um, very part-time, but it was all around pornography right from the start. And it just took about three years. I worked under another guy for about a year and a half. And three years after the initial call is when we started Restored Ministries. And so, yeah, the focus was always sexual health. Okay. And, and, I, and I would say this too, Jody, and this kind of goes to your other question, what, what's different about what we do? Because I, I just said the word sexual health, and I used to say more porn. I used to focus on porn. The more I get into it, the more I'm like, okay, there's guys that that have have they haven't watched porn for 15 years, but they can't stop masturbating. There's guys that the fantasies in their heads are tormenting them. Right. There's sexual abuse that they've never dealt with, guys and girls. And so sexual health is it's more of a wholeness thing. So we we want to bring people from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ. And not just sexual wholeness in Christ, but wholeness in Christ. And, uh, and so that it's different that we, not a lot of ministries that I've seen dive, do a deep, deep dive into the fantasy life. Right. You ask a lot of guys, like, what are the fantasies that you have? What are the genres of porn that you get into? That's a scary question. If you're not ready for it, like you've yeah. got to be pretty careful, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. it really, honestly, it reveals a lot of what has gone on in a person's heart and past and, and um, emotional development and stuff like that is very fascinating. Right. Um, and so it leads to a lot of wholeness when we can dig into that. Wasn't too long ago I was dealing with a guy and he's uh, he was addicted to uh, anime porn. Yeah. Golly, that just freaked me out. I was like, "You got to be kidding me! That's cartoons!" Like yeah. he's he's like, "Yeah, I just I don't know what it's uh, what it is, but I'm addicted to it." Yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing, you know what's out there. I um every year I I do I get the um the 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 Pornhub study. It's oh, not yeah. done by Pornhub, but it's the it's the uh, study that comes out about Pornhub. And this year, the number one search term, the top two search terms for pornography were stepmothers, 
<laughs> like literally. And uh, rape was the second second search term. And it just it just shows you and it, it gets it, it's not it doesn't get any better that, you know, the further you get down. So it's kind of this. It, it's it's messing with people is my point. Like there's such major um and uh, and my wife said it not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago. She said Satan's not, no longer hiding. You know, yeah. he's he's no longer in the shadows. He is out and just pure, visible, uh, not worried about anybody. And he's just gonna he's just gonna do whatever he's gonna do. And I like what you said about sexual health because pornography does so much more than just <clears throat> take you to a place in your mind and. And in masturbation, um, eventually it 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 kills the bedroom because you're going to do one of two things. One of is you're going to become the minute man. You know everything that you've you know it's like almost like Pavlov's dog. You know you've 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 uh, you've uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think. Of it. You, you've uh, set yourself up to the this. The, you, there you go. You've conditioned yourself to. Yeah you know, watch porn, masturbate, finish up and then be done. And you don't typically watch that with a candle and a glass of wine and rose petals, you know, take your time. It's usually so you don't get caught and you're doing it really quick. So that ends up happening in the bedroom and or um, your wife doesn't do the things that the, the, the girls on the screen do and it doesn't turn you on. And then now you can't get it up and you're you're having issues in the bedroom. And um I've uh, dealt over the years, I've dealt with ministries that do third world. Um, they go into third world, they're military guys. So they spend the summer training and, and teaching and uh, they're all veter veterans and um, they go out and, you know, learn how to, to, to arrest uh, sex rings and, and, and pedophiles and all of this. And they'll go to these third world countries with the help of the local government and they'll act like rich businessmen and uh you know try to to buy these young women and or excuse me young girls and young boys and they'll also bust the other people there trying to buy them as well and they're they're really trying to just break the ring up as much as po possible and, and pull all these uh young kids out yeah. but every time they grab a guy um and they're typically usually from the, the united states they'll take them in another room they'll start you know questioning them they'll be asking them how did you how did you get to a third world country and it always goes back to pornography mm -hmm. and it started with porn. Uh, porn didn't do it for them. Then they got a prostitute prostitute didn't do it for them. And then they would, you know, try something kinkier and then that didn't do it for them. The next thing you know, they're in pedophilia and obviously they didn't want to do it in the United States. So they're going to a third world country and yeah. uh, it just takes you, it always takes you further than you wanted to go. It's, it's a, it's a nasty, nasty addiction. And it's a major, major sinful issue that is uh, plaguing the United States. I can't believe our, I, I can't believe people haven't seen what it's doing to, to not only our kids. I'm at the average age now, seven years old to, to watch porn in the United oh, States. Yeah. It blows me away. It blows yeah. me away. It's unbelievable. It's like you say, porn's the foundation for all this. Like no, nobody just, goes and turns into a pedophile without first watching porn. Mm -hmm. like there was actually, there's a lady she's been giving, like donating to our ministry monthly for years. And the reason is because her heart is sex trafficking and all of her focus and her efforts and all that were volunteering for sex trafficking organizations. And she still does. And like, that's an awesome work. 
Um, but she had a dream one night where there was this altar of sex trafficking. It was like 30, 40 feet high right. statue. And at the bottom, the foundation of it, the Lord said, the foundation is porn. And if you take out the foundation, then the whole statue falls over. And she was like, whoa, I got to support restored. <laughs> so it was, it, it's just like, it's what you're saying. It's the foundation of it. If that, if, if there was no porn, I, I, sometimes I say this, if you were never taught sex by the world or, or by porn, what would you think of sex? Because right. then you know the perversion. Right. Because the world and porn will teach you something totally contrary to the Bible. But if you only learned it from God and from the Bible, what would you believe? Right. And if you know the answer to that, then you know what the perversion is. And you can start getting healing from all the lies that you believed. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem is we're, you know, there's two things going on in the world today is we're, we're allowing the school systems to teach our kids about sex. And the, the TV, iPads, iPhones, uh, TikToks, Snapchat, Instagram, they're teaching our kids about sex. The parents aren't teaching their kids about sex. The church isn't teaching the kids about sex. As a matter of fact, um, they're avoiding it. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're avoiding it because they're scared to death to talk about it. That's that's what breaks my heart. You know, um, with our kids, you know, we we were pretty um, diligent in trying to teach them at a at a young age what what that looks like, and so. Um, I have a talk with my sons. My wife has a talk with our daughters. Um, we we make it to a place to where it's uh, like my wife will take the kids to a nice hotel or to the, the girls and they'll go to a nice hotel and they'll order in room service. And they just have this little girly night and they sit and talk about it. And, um, you know, I think my first daughter was 13 and she's getting ready to do it with our second daughter, you know, and it's it's we're teaching them how to what sex is and. Uh, I was blessed to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle last year. And the first man that she ever dated is going to be the first man that she ever slept with and married, uh, you know, and God honored that from the day that we started praying for him in that. And I think we, we, we don't do a good job as parents getting ahead of this because, uh, you know, the, the, the kids are going to hear it at school. Um, it's gosh, better as soon as they hit middle school. I mean, it's all over. And it's, it's not a good thing. And, and, um, you know, uh, a good buddy of mine, his kid got, got busted. You know, he's got all the, the things turned off on his phone and can't get anything whatsoever. But somebody said, if you'll go and type in, uh, like Italian art, giving people ideas. Yeah. Give, yeah you know, like what well, would be like us back in the day, looking yeah. at national geographic, you know, <laughs> Dumb. seriously that's it was or yeah. the the jc penny yeah. catalog you know and the uh the underwear section that was, that was the thing in my day uh the sears roebuck with the underwear section but um we, we've got to get ahead of this with our kids and you know in a men's ministry like what we have and a, a, a sexual health ministry like what you have we, we tend to see it you know firsthand and it usually shatters homes by the time it gets to the spouse uh, it gets to the wife and it's, it's usually pretty bad at that yeah. time. Big and time. A, a parent can equip their kid. Like it's not hopeless. No, we can train up a child in the way they should go. And we really can like, everyone's like, Matt, that's, that's so good. You do this ministry. It's so taboo. I'm like, if you read scripture, it's not taboo in the Bible. God just right. talks about sex. He's not scared of it. 
Right. What Jesus said in Matthew 5 about lust, he didn't put brackets around that little portion of lust, like, we'll whisper when you talk about this. <laughs> right, exactly. Right anonymously in the back corner of a church. That's where you talk about this. And I or read, song, read Songs of Solomon. The whole thing's about sex. Exactly. Um, every New Testament writer talked about sex. Not every book, but every writer talked about sex. It's, right. it's taboo. We need to make it just a normal part of being a parent that we talk about this. Right. Yeah, really. I mean, coming from, I'm a PK as well. Even pastor's kid, like we didn't talk about any of that. Right. You just knew you don't do it. You don't do it. You don't look at it. You don't think about it. You know, you don't, you don't dream about it. Like, right. you know, don't come close to it with a 10 foot pole. But I really, man, one of my desires is to see that the church fixes that portion of it because that's the big detriment. You know, if you don't, I think you said it earlier. If you don't teach your kids about sex, somebody else will. Right. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. It, it's, it's, they're always going to find it out or figure it out from somebody else. So let's say, uh, let's say I've got an issue with pornography. Uh, let's say that I'm, you know, in the, in the depths of it. Um, I've had my own demons with it years ago, and I, I try to help guys now to the best of my ability. But let's say that I, I'm in a place now where I need help. What would your, how does your program or how does your ministry come alongside of me and help me out? Yeah, cool. Good question. So there's, there's three different ways logistically, like people can do video courses, online courses, um, or get group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching. If, if someone's doing a course, I just always encourage them to, if they're married in a healthy enough marriage, they can bring their, their work, like their answers to each video and stuff to, to their spouse or, um, no matter what married or not, you can have accountability partners walk through that with you. Um, but yeah, with group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching, the, the cool thing is there was a, a girl from a different ministry. She was asking how things work and, and she's like, oh, you actually do group coaching. We're like, yeah. Or I say, yeah, we do group coaching. She's like, so my husband's in a support group, but it's different. A support group is is not so much coaching and training someone how to get healthy. It's more just like, hey, I'll support you to the best that I can. But our trainers, our, our group leaders are all trained. And um, like I say, like the fantasy, the hard work is really important. And so we do a full life disclosure where we get everything out. Um, uh, have you been abused? Who abused you? How long did that go for? What did it look like? Uh, what, are, Like I'm saying, like, what are the fantasies? What are the, the strongholds that you have? How often are you going to porn? Uh, where are you using it? With, with what device are you using it? Um, I'm saying like, we go deep. Like, what are the justifications that you have to go to porn? Well, I just think I'm not hurting anybody. So what that tells me is that you don't have a value on yourself because even if you hurt nobody else, you're hurting yourself. And so let's speak to your value. And so instead of just going surface level, we're going to the heart where you don't think that maybe you matter. Uh, where did that come from? Um, what does the Lord say about that? How can that get established in you? And so with everything that I would encourage, in, like say accountability partners to, to walk through with their people is... It, Proverbs 4.23 is a key verse where it talks about guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. A lot of support. It, it is what? And this is Ben's favorite verse. He First of all, that's my, one of my favorite it, verses in the Bible. It, I love it. Meaning it. First priority, meaning it. number one thing. 
right? Now people, it doesn't matter what goes into a man. It only matters what comes out of a man. So we have to guard our heart from the outside, like a, like a prison guard, right? We gotta, we've all experienced different things in our lives. We've all dealt with things. We can't let it out. And the only way to not let it out is to deal. Well, I, th- I think you're on the right track. You got to deal with the heart. Everything's got to be a hard issue because that's where it all stems from. Yeah, it does. You know? And, and Satan, I, I love what you're saying. It, it, oh, go ahead. Satan can throw a temptation out there, but oh. we act on our own lusts, right? We act on our own lusts. My, I, I came, I, I got married seven years ago and it'll be seven years in July. And our sex life struggled when I came into the marriage, not because of porn, but because I had been single for 20 something years and I was having sex with this pre-Christian life. I was having, and, and some of it was after I first became a Christian, I was having sex with women coming out of bars, you know, this, that, and the other, and to learn to have sex with someone that I loved as much as I loved my wife and that I knew God was in the midst of it all, this, that, or the other, man, we struggled. I struggled because it was just so different. So I like, I had to learn the other way, the the reverse way of what you're talking about. You know, I had to learn to uh, not let my head get to me because it was always with someone that I didn't care about. Right. You know, you have to learn how to make love. That's right. That's right. You have to learn how to make love. And that's what I had to learn. I had to learn how to do it when I didn't want to do it because she wanted to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this, that, and the other. And right. when you wanted to do it, you had to learn how to put her first, not just right. get your own your own what you wanted. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Like think about what think about the order of your favorite verse. First, and some I like you're saying like number one priority, prioritize that. Or some translations say guard your heart with all diligence or vigilance. Like if I'm dusting my house, this is what I say, my analogy. If I'm dusting my house and I miss a corner, like like a corner of the baseboards, that's not with all diligence. Like diligence is like the details. And so guard your heart with all diligence for everything we do flows from it. But what do we normally do? We focus on the second part for everything we do flows from it. Let's focus on what I'm doing. I'm watching porn. I got to stop. The first thing is let's guard your heart. And so what's in there? What are the beliefs that you have about yourself? And I'll often say this to people. If God were to describe you in a sentence, what would he say? And not like what's in your head or the right Sunday school answer, but what do you believe? And people are like, uh, he'd call me a hypocrite. For sure, call me a hypocrite. Um, he'd you know, say that I'm, I'm, I, I try in life, but I'm, I disappoint him. Um, that I just, I'm a failure. Those kinds of things. Like he, he would say that. Like he would whisper that in your ear in your prayer time. And he, the reality <laughs> is he wouldn't. But we believe that in our heart. And so if you can clean up those things, this is why I'm so big on cleaning up the the thinking that I'm just an addict or I'm just a sinner, or I just have an addictive personality. If that's who you are, how are you ever going to break free? You're never going to. And so the reality is, yeah, you have, you have a, a sinful nature, but you also have the power of God in you if you've got Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so let's clean up that heart and dig deep. And so the way to do that would be like, just speak a lot to beliefs. Like if you're helping someone, um, this is what going back, Jody, to what you're asking, like, how do we help people is, is like, what are the justifications that you use? What are the triggers that make you fall? Well, I'm bored. And then I fall. Okay. 
how can you handle boredom and actually see that as a gift from the Lord and be thankful in that circumstance? And then your heart is more thankful rather than just wanting to escape into something that feels good. And so if we can clean up the heart, man, I mean, people can, people are transformed. Like if your heart is happy, you don't need to escape. And so you're doing that through group therapy um, and group coaching as well as individual coaching. And then with the video, that's just more self-help. Is that kind of what you're looking at with the video stuff? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And a a lot of couples will say, even with the videos that, that it's like a, um, it's a guide for them to grow in intimacy. Like husbands will say to me, because I work with husbands, but, but they'll say like, we're getting to know each other. Like we've never gotten to know each other before because they have a guide to, to lead them in their intimacy. So every time a guy watches a video, we call them freedom steps, but there's work with each video. And so he does a video, he does a freedom steps, then he brings that to his wife. Hey, this is what I learned. Then she gets to know him. She's also very encouraged and excited that he's actually doing the work. And then she starts opening up about her own thing and they really get to know each other on a heart level and brings that intimacy into the marriage. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that was uh, one thing when I, um, I was, I always tell this story. I was my first accountability partner. I'd, I'd probably been a Christian almost Gosh, this was probably 2006, 2007, maybe. Um, I became a Christian in 2003. And man, it, it didn't take long for me to quit drinking and quit cussing and quit smoking. And, you know, all these outward things that I had, man, they were just going away. And my wife and I used to watch porn together. And, you know, this was back in the day when they had videotapes. <laughs> you know, they didn't have it as well back before as easy as it was to get online. And, um, as soon as we got saved, she quit instantly. Like, it was just like, all right, we're done. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, this was what I thought was, you know, helping our bedroom, you know, big time. Cause I was like, Hey, hold on. You know, we can, there's nothing wrong with this. And she's like, no, we're done. This is, we're not defiling our bed and we're not bringing this into our bedroom. And so, you know, I started hiding, you know, watching porn and this went on for a couple of years and uh, my first accountability partner, he's a little bit scrawny dude. Matter of fact, he was the pastor's son. He was about 10 years younger than me. And uh, one day we were meeting at Denny's and having, uh, you know, just a cup of coffee and just doing some accountability. We were doing these, um, uh, gosh, these memory cards. I can't remember. Uh, God, a minute, it's, a, it's an older ministry and I can't think of the name of it, but they made these. You still, you still need the memory cards right I now. Still, yeah, exactly. Well, the memory's gone completely now, <laughs> but uh, I, I barely got to got, got my name on the tip of my tongue, but uh, uh, we were doing these memory cards and we were just trying to do some accountability and all this. And, you know, I came in real salty one day and he just looked at me, he goes, what's going on with you? And I was like, ah, there's nothing, nothing wrong. And he's like, you're lying. And I was like, you're calling me a liar. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, Dude, I'll track you across this table. Like, I'm not kidding. He he looked like uh, olive oil. Is about how big he was, and uh, I was just like, dude, I'm I'm struggling. I'm just, and I just puked it out on the table. I was like, I'm dealing with porn, and he was like, I mean, he just got white, and I thought, oh crap, he's getting ready to call his dad, and he's the pastor, and he's the pastor's kid, and all of a sudden he goes, man, I am too. And it was like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> like it was like all of a sudden, and I was judging him all of a sudden. Oh, you're the pastor's kid and you're watching porn. Sinner. <laughs> you sinner. Gosh, I can't believe I'm hanging out with you. Like and it was just like this really weird moment. And all of a sudden it was like, okay, so what do we do? So we started looking up scripture and um 
I found a book, uh, Every Man's Battle by um, uh, Steve Orberg and Fred. Um, again, the brain's dead, but it's Flintstone. A, uh, yeah, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> um, it's a really, really, really good book. Uh, it's called Every Man's Battle. And uh, so we went through that. And then this was like September, October. So later that summer, uh, we decided that we were going to do a Bible study late at night. It's going to be nine o'clock at night. You know, we had a bunch of young guys in our church that had kids. You know, once they got the kids to bed, we were going to have this have this Bible study. We didn't tell them what the Bible study was going to be. We just said, listen, this is going to be it's a secret night. It's Tuesday night, nine o'clock. Kids will be in bed. It's the middle of summer. You know, it's it's still kind of light out at nine o'clock. And we're just going to get together and we're going to do this study. Can't you don't you can't know about the book until the night that you come to the study. Arterburn is yeah, his last. Arterburn, name. Fred, yeah, Frank or Fred uh, or Steve Arterburn, yeah. And um, so um, we had thirty guys show up at this at this time, and um, man, they were just everybody was like all excited about what was going on, and so. Uh, this guy and I, I won't say his name because he's a he's a, a pastor nowadays and I don't know if he tells his story, but um uh we're we're telling I start telling my testimony about how I was struggling with porn, and then all of a sudden this guy gets up and he tells his story, and you could just see the faces just turn white, you know, it's like, oh crap, what do we get ourselves into? I kid you not, we had we had at least five or six guys get up and say that I don't have this problem. You know, and a couple of them were elders in the church, and they just decided to walk on out. And the rest of the guys that Oof. stayed, Oof. oh yeah, I was ticked. That's like, rough, man. Like I because was, if as an elder, you, oh, I don't yeah. have this problem. Let me let me dig in with you guys and see if I can support. Right, exactly. Yeah. That that, they didn't even want to be in the room, you know, That's talking crazy. about it. It was so I was so ticked. Uh, okay, maybe they do have the problem. Maybe they. Well, that, that was my yeah. point. I mean, they were guilty by association as soon as they walked out the door. I like, can't uh, even hear about it. That's yeah. how bad I got. But, it. I got to get out of yeah. here. But I tell you what, the rest of the guys that stayed, we spent probably eight weeks going through this study. At the end of eight weeks, every one of the guys that was there that stayed went and confessed to their wives. Mm. It was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever seen. And then uh, we worked with the wives for like three or four weeks, just trying to mend everything back together and put it all back together. And then we came in front of the church and confessed what we had gone to. And it was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever oh. seen in my life. And it was it was awesome. I, I it's funny. I hadn't even thought about doing that in a long time. It was just, it was just such a sweet summer that we went through with all these guys and, you know, confess. Cause that was, that was kind of part of the pack. If you're going to stay here, right. we're going to confess this sin. We're going to keep each other accountable and we're going to tell our wives. Yeah. And man, it was, it was so sweet, but well, my point in telling you that whole story I'll never forget after the guy confronted me at Denny's and said that, you know, he had a porn problem. We we're like, okay, what do we do with it? So we spent the next six, eight weeks ourselves just trying to figure out, okay, how do we get past this? And then how do we, how do we get deeper? How do we make sure this doesn't happen? And then we decided to tell our wives after we had worked on ourselves for a good two or three months, I went to my wife, I'll never forget. And I was a nervous wreck. Uh, at the same time, I was being groomed as an assistant pastor for the church. Um, and uh, 
you know, I was trying to do some things right at home. I, I still wasn't the man that God had called me to be. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been in the position of being an assistant pastor by any means when I look back on it. But I'll, I'll never forget, I went up to my wife and I, I was talking to her and I just told her, I said, I got to talk to you about something. And you could just see the white of her face just go away. You're thinking, she's thinking this is the worst of the world. And I was like, I've been addicted to porn. And so I tell her all, you know, everything what's going on. I said, here's what's happening. Here's what we've done. Here's what my buddy and I've done. And we've gone through this whole process and I think that I'm free of it. And um, I just wanted to come to you now and let you know. There was kind of a pause for a little bit, and um, she started to speak, and I was like, oh, here it comes. I'm going to have to pack my bag. And she goes, well, I understand. How can I help? And what it was was this, it was an opportunity for us to be able to, to talk about what sex looks like in our house, what, how it works, what, what's our expectations. And, um, we spent the next couple of days just really diving into like, kind of like what you're saying with these, these couples that are going through your videos, it gives us an opportunity to really talk about the expectations that we have in the home. Like, you know, for me, my expectation is once a day and hers is once a month and neither one of those expectations are realistic. So what is the realistic expectation for sex or, uh, cuddling or, you know, um, I always, we, my wife and I did a sermon series, not too long, a couple of years ago, it was two or three years ago, the crock pot and yeah, the, yeah, and the microwave, the microwave, uh, you know, women are like crock pots, you know, you got to turn them on in the morning real slow. And, you know, you got to fill that thing up all day long. And then by the end of the night, they're ready to go where men are like microwaves, man, you just hit 10 seconds and they're ready to go. So we, we learned that and, and dude, we had been married um, so 2006, that's 16 years. We had been married 16 years and we're still trying to figure out, you know, what our sex life is, especially after porn. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. You know, now we've been married for 32 years and, uh, gosh, it's, it's crazy. 32 years. It'll be 33 in August. Two are old. Golly, we are old. Um, 33 years and it's still, you know, it's an ongoing process. You have to talk about those things as couples to make sure that, you know, as a man, I've got to learn to capture my thoughts. You know, Psalms 119 verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. And I've got to learn to to do those things so I don't allow the lust to take over in my life and, and push me back into those situations. Because now I'm in a, I'm in a stage and an age and uh, a status of life where, Man, if the enemy takes me out, he takes a whole lot of people out with him. And that's the last thing I ever want to happen in my life. I want my I want to finish well. I want to to be able to look back on my life and say I did the best that I could and and the enemy didn't knock me off my horse if you will. Um and it takes my wife to be able to do that, especially in the in the sexual area. So I like I like what you're doing. So the cool thing about it cuz on your website you're dealing with both men and women, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I what mean, there's, there's so many women that reach out. I, how, how that kind of came to be was I always knew that women struggled with addictions and, and, uh, and I wanted to make a place for that just because so much of the talk in church is, uh, you know, like, well, if I partner with a church uh, or reach out to a pastor, he'll go, Oh yeah, I'll talk to my men's ministry guy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's great, but hold on. <laughs> There's also women. Right. And uh, and so we wanted to make a place for women to get help, and they have. Um, but but when we started running conferences before COVID, 
there were there were just many many women that would come to us and say this is great for my husband but what is there for me uh, and so yeah i started praying lots for a for a right the right female to come alongside there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, they call it betrayal trauma ministries but lots of betrayal trauma ministries where they help the wives but it's lots of bashing the husband and it's too bad um and so we had to be cautious with who we'd send people to. But but anyways, we finally, there was this lady, actually, I reconnected with her. It was like six years before this. She came to me in a church service. She said, hey, Matt, I felt like God told me this week we're going to be in ministry together one day. I'm like, oh, cool. Lost touch. Didn't talk to her for years and then reconnected. And so she ended up being our female coach. Now she trains other women to be to be coaches and leaders and stuff. So, so there, yeah, there's help for females who struggle with the addictive behavior, but also with for, for the wives and the girlfriends when they have to deal with the betrayal. And, and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool seeing the marriages come back together. There's right now there's, there's multiple marriages that are coming back together after a period of, you know, separation or the guy is sleeping in a different bedroom. And, and I just keep hearing right. these stories of coming back. So it's pretty cool. It's amazing how personal the women take it. You know, that's, it, that's what that's what blows me away, and I don't think guys realize how how I mean they, they might as well have just had an affair because that's what they did in their in their wives or spouse you know their girlfriend's mind. I mean it's 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 earth shattering in their lives big time, you know because now you're making them feel inadequate and um it just blows me away. And I'm looking back on my own life that we spend so much time pursuing pornography and try to hide from it. If we just put that same effort into our wives, and pursue, you know, like yeah. literally your wife is in the other room, you know, and here you are trying to hide from this stuff. All you got to do is pursue her. Yeah. If you pour into her like you did trying to hide pornography, man, you'd have a massive, you know, sexually active, happy, yeah. successful marriage. And guys just don't get that. Blows me away. Yeah. Well, it's like how how many hours did I spend watching porn? I could have been reading the Bible or writing books or whatever. Like, right. just gets in the way of so much. It's it is crazy, but there's the there's the drive that's underneath the surface, man. Like we get hurt and we don't deal with it, and it affects our fetishes and desires, and we get lazy, right? Porn, masturbation, fantasy gives us what we want. Right. Having another person, having a wife is like, oh man, that, this is hard. Putting her first, so. Right. It's, it's as we know, it's easy to say and it logically makes sense, but it is, we got to get healed in the heart, man. That's the biggest yeah. thing. So, is your wife a part of the ministry? She is from a visionary standpoint. I run everything by her and she's got good ideas, but she's a mom. She's a great mom. So, she's not coaching anybody. She is, man, she is as pure as could be. Like before we got married, she knew nothing about it, nothing about porners sexual sin or anything so, so she can't really relate to a lot of these stories that i tell her so <laughs> that's awesome yeah well, that's good good for you that's the kind of that's the kind of woman that you want that's oh sure. yeah oh yeah it's it's a blessing it's a blessing we we you know like we were we were going through something and we were we met with this uh their forgiveness coaches it's called forgiving forward forgivingforward.com is our ministry they're out of there. I think they're just outside Atlanta, but, but we met with them just working through forgiveness towards some, we were, we were dealing with false accusations and, and all this crazy stuff. But we were talking about that. We were virgins when we got married and, and they were like, man, 
the amount of couples that we deal with where 90% of their problems are rooted in premarital sex, they're like, it's astounding. And so praise the Lord that you guys don't have that. And it is really cool. But the other cool thing with that is that even if there has been screw ups, when you actually just talk about it, instead of just like confessing it, sure. But like, talk about the beliefs that you have, talk about like the expectations that you have based on what you did. And I mean, there can be healing there can be redemption. Um, But it's certainly, it's certainly a blessing to have a wife who is just sexually pure her whole life. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, well, I've been married 32 years and, and it still affects me to this day. Mm. Uh, The, premarital sex that I had prior to meeting my wife when I was, you know, 20, we got married when I was 21 years old, you know, and just even from that. And that's what I keep trying to tell my kids, like it will affect you for the rest of your life. You know, you just, every now and then it's like, where in the crap did that thought come from? Like out of the blue, it's it's almost like, you know, Satan's got these flashcards, you know, just throwing them right in your eyeballs or in your brain. It's like, really dude, seriously. Well, I think that's maybe intimacy just in, general you know mm-hmm. um when you are intimate or when you just flood your brain with dopamine those those hits want to come back mm-hmm. you know your body's designed to to try to bring that stuff back so you're stuck with it yeah yeah and that's that's what sucks you know it's just like seriously I, you know, all the stuff i gotta deal with too i gotta deal with this memory you know 35 40 years ago yeah it's crazy, crazy stuff it's crazy that's one of the origins like when i talk about fantasies there's four four origins of fantasy like where they come from and um i mean there's unfulfilled desires so like we really want something and we don't get it um but there's there's uh neglect like you talk about um mm-hmm. mom being number one so many guys they're like my mom was not there for me i couldn't open up to, to my mom like they want this love from an older woman and they never got it and they go to their stepmom in stepmom porn um, sexual abuse is a big thing just because it does a number on our brains and, and our souls. Right. Um, but, uh, but early sexual experiences is another one, even if it's consensual and not abuse and people, it like, our, it's like our brain. I heard it put this way one time, our brains take a snapshot of our early sexual experiences and it just gets us on that. I, I don't know. It, it creates a different desire in our brains and we just keep wanting it, but there was a guy who was cool. He had lots of premarital sex. He wasn't a Christian and became a Christian, got married, and he had all these memories coming back. But he learned, I always talk about have have the grace of God cover everything. Rather than just avoiding things, let's let's have the grace of God cover something. Um in Exodus 15, Moses is leading the people of God, leads them to the bitter waters of Merah, and they can't drink. For three days, they're grumbling against Moses, and God shows Moses this log, and he throws it into bitter water, and the water becomes sweet. And what God didn't do was he didn't say, okay, there's a bitter water here, but I'm going to lead you to sweet water over here. He's like, no, the bitter water, I want to make that sweet. And so what he teaches is, like, have the grace that God cover all of these things and these memories and and abuse and different things. So anyways, so this one guy, he kept – he was – getting free of porn and masturbation for the first time ever but these fantasies these memories of his old um encounters kept coming to mind and and so what he learned though is not just to avoid it or not just to try to resist the thought but he's like hey where's the grace of god in this and so he he was driving by a, a school where he hooked up with a girl when he was in high school 
And he just got out of his car and he took 10 minutes and he went there and he prayed over that spot and he prayed for that girl and he prayed and he just gave thanks to God for what God had done. And, and he invited God into memories um, that he had with, with that girl sexual or otherwise, I don't know, but, wow. but just the whole thing, he was like, the thoughts went away. Like I, it doesn't trouble me anymore because I just see the love and the grace of God over the whole situation, which is pretty cool. So there are things that we can do, but I mean, certainly it's harder when we've engaged in, in more and more sin. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, if you've never, that's probably new to some people, but um, I'm always plugging him. Eldridge talks a lot about that in mm-hmm. Wild at Heart, like listing out, you know, the partners that you had and praying over, you know, breaking some of those spiritual ties because it tells us that we're binding ourselves to that right. person. Um, yeah. So that's, it's really powerful when you do that personally. Um, it just kind of, releases you from that mm, that's good yeah that's really good yeah yeah it does people call them soul ties sometimes spiritual ties soul ties it's true i mean, I mean even like biologically the chemical release that happens it ties us to the person well even psychologically like totally biology is great but the psychological i mean it goes along with that that uh, practice of writing down all your troubles or your regrets you know writing a letter Mm -hmm. to the people who've offended you and then burning it and letting it go like psychologically that really does free you up and so it's i think it's working on a couple different levels um yeah that's great it's good and i'm i'm writing it down something this might be something that might be something i need to work on yeah it's it's cool we did a podcast pure victory soul ties. yeah it's just, just thought you know the psychological thought process oh yeah, you know, yeah just yeah. Out, like out of the blue like you know i've never really prayed that god take those away. i don't know yeah. that i don't know i like it, the thoughts you know i've tried to capture my thoughts with scripture you know so many times and it's just kind of like okay it just you know it's almost like you know asking forgiveness every time i just keep fighting the battle instead of maybe trying to trying to figure out how i just get that going completely yeah so now, Matt, you said you guys talked about this uh, specifically on a recent podcast. Yeah, I thought Jody was referring to soul ties, not the psychological part. But yeah, we did soul oh, ties. Yeah, right. Like we we've got right now. I, by the way, the the next episode we have coming out on Wednesday. Every Wednesday we drop an episode, but it's on AI and porn. It's pretty crazy, man. It's fun. Can you drop the name of that podcast for me one time? I want to share it in the chat. Pure Victory Podcast. Um, but there's, I think there's 153 episodes right now. So it might be, I'm thinking, I'm thinking if you go back 20 episodes or so, you'll find one on soul ties. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful stuff. uh, Honestly, like it seems simple to pray through it, but it's, it is really good. Um, God can redeem things. Like that's a cool thing. One, one thing that we always have people do is, is bring things to the cross, but like visualize it too in the mind because the imagination is so powerful. And so there's one story that I'll tell. It was really neat. Um, the guy was talking to me about uh, abuse that he went through from his brother when he was eight. And now he was 33 when he was telling me. And so it had been 25 years. He never talked about it to anybody. And, and it was like pretty violent and aggressive. Like he'd be pinned down to the floor of the bed and like held down physically. And, um, and 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 bad sexual abuse and so typically with abuse people go one of two ways they either mimic the abuse or they do everything they can to do the opposite mm-hmm. and so a lot of people will end up with same-sex attraction when their abuse has been same sex this guy did the opposite he went like crazy with women to do everything he could to prove to himself that he wasn't gay 
because of this abuse. And it's confusing for men with abuse because we still get aroused. Like we right. get an erection and we get an orgasm. There's still a physical pleasure, but that we're, we're being abused. Like it messes with guys. And so anyways, he was doing everything he can with women prom, and prom, um, promiscuity. And, and so anyways, gets married and he said he just struggled. Like he, he was like, he just struggled to say something basic to his wife. He said it would, he's like, man, it takes me about half an hour to get something out just about my day. And once I do, my wife is like, that's all you couldn't tell me, like some average thing. And anyway, so then I asked him, what are your, what are your fantasies? Um, and he just starts weeping, like just like snot and hysterical weeping. And eventually he goes, I've never told anybody this. Like, I can't, I can't tell anyone. And I'm like, you can tell me, brother. He goes, it's just violent, like people being pinned down to a bed and handcuffed and beaten. And, and I said, isn't that exactly what you experienced when you were eight years old? And he just starts weeping even more, like losing it. And, and I was able to say, like, that's not who you are. That's a hurt that led to this. But who you are is you're loved and you're accepted and just spoke that he's losing it. Like the tears were immense. It was it was cool because with that, I had him bring things to the cross in prayer. And so one thing that he did was in prayer, he closed his eyes. He's picturing the cross of Jesus. And he pictured just holding a box of his fantasies. And he brought it to the cross. And he could see like this box at the bottom of the cross in his mind's eye. And he prayed and he goes, Jesus, I just want to give you my fantasies and give you these strongholds. And what do you have for me in return? Because there's always an exchange at the cross. Like there's, we give, we bring death, he gives life. We bring sin, he gives grace. And and so we teach people that there's an exchange. So we surrender, but what does God have for you? And so in his mind's eye, he could see this visual going on from the Lord. And so he drops his cross, like his fantasies at, at, at the cross. And, and he says, Jesus, what do you have for me in return? And he looks up and he could see Jesus and he could see the sun peeking through, through the clouds. And then he looked back down and there was no box there anymore because Jesus had just taken it from him. And he's just losing it. And he goes, I need to tell my wife this. And I'm like, brother, you said you can't tell your wife the most basic things. <laughs> You're going to tell her. Bombs. <laughs> it was so cool. But then he's able to walk in freedom. And, and it was amazing. He said to me, he's like, I got something from Jesus today that I've been looking for for 25 years. Cool. Just the love of God. It was pretty cool. Nice, yeah. so we can really bring these things to the cross. And and Jesus can can change at least the perspective of our memories or even remove them. Mm -hmm. There was another guy, kind of rambling, but there was another guy who went through abuse too. Um, and actually, he was his brother too. There's lots of brotherly abuse, unfortunately. But but he went through inner healing and like uh, deliverance. And I don't know, it was through his church. But he had described what happened to his brother with his brother. And they went through this inner healing and this kind of prayer. And he came to me after and he's like, Matt, I actually don't remember what happened with my brother. Like, I don't have the memories of it because God had totally just taken them away and he's been walking in freedom. So praise God. Wild stuff. That's it's funny that you say that because I had the exact same experience when I was uh, 10 years old. I was molested by my baseball coach and it was one of those things that luckily my parents um i told my parents probably six months after it happened and the guy ended up going to jail for 35 years well because it wasn't just me it was a, a couple of my buddies too well. but um i did the i did the exactly what your buddy did was i felt i felt like 
there's no way that I was gay. So I was going to prove that I wasn't gay. And, you know, by the 12, by 12 years old, I had my first sexual encounter uh, with a girl and it just, it just went on from there. And um, it was not, um, not a pretty, pretty sight. You know, I mean, I was just, it was miserable up until I met my wife. And um, so I spent the next, you know, years, I went to the military and I learned how to, to shoot a, um, a rifle. Um, I was top in my class. I was asked to go to sniper school and I had it in my head that I know what, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And I was an atheist at this time. I, I was not a Christian by any means. And I thought I will learn how to shoot from 300 yards out, you know, pinpoint accuracy. And I will kill this dude when he gets out of prison. And I had this in my head. I had it planned. I knew exactly where he was in prison. Um, I was an expert marksman. And um, I could hit a, a man-sized target from 300 yards out with no scope, 30 for 30. You know, just never, never miss a beat. And so over the years, I got out of the military. I still had this plan in my head. I kept watching to see when he would get out of prison. And uh, I just, it just literally just kept going in my head in my head i'm going to kill him i'm going to kill him and um 2003 i give my life to the lord you know i i quit running from from i quit running with the devil and started running toward god and he just wrecked my world and it was about about three years later i'm discipling this guy and uh he was a he was a complete alcoholic complete drunk and I got a call from the cops one day in our local town saying this dude was on the table of this restaurant in the middle of nowhere. He's screaming, I need to see Pastor Jody. I need to see Pastor Jody. And, you know, so they call me up and I go down, I get him, I put him in the car and we're driving off one day and uh, I'm going to take him home. And we're crossing this bridge and all of a sudden he headbutts me in the side of the head, like out of the blue, just bam, right in the side of the head. We're in a four-way stop, and the next thing I remember, I'm helping him pick his teeth up out of the middle of this four-way stop because I just, like, had blacked out, and I just beat him to a bloody pulp. And here I was, the assistant pastor of this church, and, um, you know, I, I, I got done, and it's rush hour traffic, and I'm trying to figure out how I got from the driver's side all the way to the other side, dragging him out, dropping bombs on him all, you know, for I don't even know how long it was. Like, it was just... I just beat him to a bloody pulp. I took him home. You know, I got him in the car, took him home, and he was so drunk. I didn't think he knew what happened. I drove straight down to, to the church, and I just, I, you know, God was doing such an amazing work in my life where I was told you I quit drinking, I quit smoking, I quit doing drugs, I quit doing all the things, you know, the outward stuff, but I kept stuffing this anger, this anger, this anger inside of me. And I went to the church, I went to the altar, and I just started crying. I was like, what the crap, God? Like, what what's going on? And it was almost as if we're sitting here talking. He said, you've got to forgive him. And I was like, what are you talking about? Forgive Like, no, Kenny just, he needed, he deserved that. You know, like he, he deserved getting his face punched in for headbutting me. Like, he's like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. So I'm talking about the guy that molested you. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I've got two kids at this time. You know, I've been married 13, 15 years at the time. I can't remember exactly when. And I was just at the altar of the church and I was waiting for all the elders to get there to tell them the story. Cause you know, I have no telling if it was on camera or how many people in the city saw me just beat this guy up. And I was going to have this conversation with them. And I just, I remember just crying out to the Lord saying, I, I forgive him. 
And there's this weight, like every anger that I had in me was just completely gone, just almost instantaneous. And about three weeks later, I get a call from my stepdad. My stepdad was keeping tabs on on this guy, and he let me know. He would always go to the um, uh, parole hearing, and he would, you know, sign a letter saying, no, we don't want him to get out. And three weeks later, he calls me up, and he goes, I just want you to know that he got out of jail this week. I was like, okay, I forgive him. You know, and it was like the thought of trying to go kill him or, you know, shooting him from 300 yards out. I mean, if I would have done that, I'd have gone to jail myself. You know, I lost my kids and, you know, but even as a Christian, I still had this in the back of my mind. Yeah. Um, but, but I see, you know, I, I love what you're doing with what, you know, going a lot of times we want to just go surface level, just stop watching yeah. porn, just yeah. put up the porn blockers and you're okay. Yeah. Um, and it's so much deeper than that. You know, it could be everything from childhood trauma or yeah. high school trauma or, Gosh, it could just be, it's so many things, you know, it could be lack of sex in in the marriage that's causing these guys to go to that. And uh, if you can get to the heart, like what, what you're doing, you change them forever. And it wasn't until God finally revealed to me that my unforgiveness was hurting me more than, than what he did to me 20 plus years ago. Wow. That's Uh, a profound way to put it. Yeah. And so it, I, I see how the, the men that you're dealing with, I, I see, you know, I, I've been there. I mean, I, I know the feeling. I know how they, they go through these things. And it's not an easy thing to go through. And I appreciate what you're doing is my point in telling you that whole story that, you know, once you get to the heart of the issue and, and to their heart, man, you will change lives left and right. That's I good. I love it. I love that story, Jody. That's, that's amazing. You know, you know, one thing too, we teach people this all the time is that the Lord wants to speak to you and you can hear his voice. And what you just shared there, God said to me, I had to forgive him. How many people don't think that they can hear God's voice? I was just laughing with one of our newer group leaders today because I'm like, man, you're sure different than you were a year ago because he's just, he's transformed. Like he's totally different. I said, I remember when you used to say you couldn't hear God's voice. And now it's like always like, well, the Lord told me this. And then it's like confirmed, like not just he thinks, but but there's fruit to it. And it's cool. But when I talk about like your identity and the love of the father, I mean, he wants to speak to you. Mm-hmm. And for my own healing, a lot of people will ask me, where did you learn to work through trauma with people? And honestly, my credentials, I always say Acts 4.13 is common, uneducated, but must have been with Jesus. <laughs> Go to the Peter and John, I think. And, and that's the reality. Like God spoke to me things about what happened when I was 16 in a hockey dressing room, getting violated with my body by teammates. And, and it's like, no, I, I couldn't have come up with that in a counselor's office. And I love counselors. I go to counseling myself sometimes. But, right. but we need the voice of God. We need to seek him. And we need to really understand john 10 27 like my sheep know my voice and if you just spend time in prayer even silently and just listening for god you'll start to hear his voice and it's it's huge for recovery or freedom because well what is it some psalm 139 23 24 i think where search me god and know my heart test me know my anxious thoughts see if there's an offensive way in me 
like he'll test your, he'll, he'll search you, right. but then he also wants to speak to you. And we can't come up with this stuff. I didn't know what happened when I was 16, even affected me till I was 33 years old. And then right. God highlighted it and all these insecurities. I'm like, man, crazy. These insecurities came from that. I thought it was just part of me. And so I was able to get healing and forgive those people. I didn't know that I had to forgive them because I didn't even know what they did violated me. Right. Until God highlighted it. I'm like, oh, I need to forgive them. And then I was able to walk in, in more freedom. So anyways, I'm kind of ranting on this, but I'm passionate about just intimacy with Jesus and, and knowing like you, you're in the family of God, you can hear him and he wants to speak to you. Mm, that's good. That's good. Any yeah. anything? Well, I was just going to touch on forgiveness. The Bible says, forgive as I have forgiven you, mm, meaning good. in the same way. Yeah. I don't like when people say I forgive, but I never forget. Yeah. Well, that's not the forgiveness of God. Right. And it allows you to like hang on to it. And it's almost like you take a an axe and you chop it into a log and the, you leave the handle exposed so you can go get it any at any time. Right. And I heard someone say one time the forgiveness of God is I forgive you. I forgive you. So I'm not going to talk about it to myself. I'm not going to talk about it to anybody else. And I'm not going to talk about it to you anymore. That's good. You forget it. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, the word as means in the same way, right? Yeah. You know, and you know, with that one, when I started really learning about Jesus and how he lived his life, I think he, everything he did was to glorify God and, and to bless other people. Right. He didn't, he didn't do anything with selfish intent. There's a lot of teaching in this world and in the church that you should forgive for you. Forgiveness is not for the other person. Forgiveness is for you. And I hear that and I go, is that why Jesus forgave us for his own benefit? I think that he forgave us for our benefit mm-hmm. because he died to himself. He wasn't self-motivated in that. He's literally getting nailed to the cross in the midst of getting hurt, crying out for the forgiveness, for the full and complete forgiveness of the people who are currently hurting him. And right. sometimes we just go, I'm not ready to forgive. All right. Forgive, because forgive in the same way as Jesus did. Right. And so even if you're not ready, like that's okay. But talk to God and go, I want to forgive. Can you help me forgive? Don't just stay in this bitter, like I don't want to forgive them and I'm not ready. And it, it's just not godly. It's not beneficial for you or them. And there's so many stories about, you know, I forgave that person. And then they called me the next day or the next week. And I was able to f- communicate that forgiveness right. to them. And they were able to see the grace of God through me in their life. And the more we can realize like our forgiveness towards people is it does benefit us. It sets our soul free, but it's also for them so that they can experience the grace of God from you. It's pretty cool. It doesn't always play out that way. Obviously if people have passed away or they don't want to receive it or whatever, but, but it's, you know, Jesus forgave for our benefit, not just for his own. I, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that, either are atheist or they're maybe they're just learning about God. And they, one of the questions that a lot of people always ask is why, why did God do all this? Mm. Why did he let all this happen? God could have done this. God could have done that. And the answer to that question, I believe is to teach us what unconditional love is. Mm. That's the purpose of all this. That's good. God is love. So if God wants us to know who he is, it's, it's all about love. It's all about God was 
is is teaching us daily unconditional love. He's given us moments in this life where we're, where we have the ability to show people grace and mercy. He has he gives us moments in our lives to, to the that we get the chance to forgive people. Uh, that we get the chance to meet them where they're at in their suffering and in their sin and 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 show love and compassion and empathy and all these things God naturally is. I believe the reason why God did all this was to teach us what unconditional love is. Love covers a multitude of sins, not just your sins, my sins, right? That's really good. I love it. That's really good. So Matt, what do you guys have going forward from here? So you've got, so how can, how can men or women that are listening to the podcast um, get a hold of you? Well, yeah, reach out um, at Restored Sexuality on Instagram. Um, the the website RestoredMinistries.ca because we're Canadian, so <laughs> .ca. and uh, yeah, you can put that in the chat if you want. RestoredMinistries.ca. There's a button on there to book a call, and so people can book a call, and it's not at all a sales thing. Sometimes I refer them to the lowest priced option, but but it's whatever is best for them. And there's just so many variations to people's story. And so we just want to hear what someone's story is and talk through best options for them. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we got a group starting tomorrow. We got another group starting next month and there's just different groups going. So, but one-on-one coaching, we're always, we're building, we're getting new coaches on board. And so, yeah, go to the website, have a look around, um, uh, book a call if you want to inquire and, uh, and where where are you located exactly? Again, like in the like in Alberta, Canada. Is that what you're saying? You're in Alberta, okay. Yeah, yeah, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Yeah. So you're in Edmonton, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I told you I was I spent uh, about almost a month, month and a half in uh, Medicine Hat, Canada. Uh, yeah. In the middle of nowhere, Canada. Oh my god. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, we're we're north of that five hours, but six hours maybe. But but there's a million people up here, so we're pretty popular. Yeah, yeah there was. I think there was nobody. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. There you go. That's what I know about Edmonton. Yeah. <laughs> Love that dude up there. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid. Now the correct. That's right. The NHL. Did you ever yeah. play with a guy by the name of Cam Jansen from Cam Jansen from? Uh, he's older than I am. Okay. All right. So he's he's from our. He lives in our town. I, I did some work for his dad. Gosh, two or three years ago, some construction work for his dad and got to meet him. He's a pretty cool, dude. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jade Schwartz and I went to the same call or uh, not college, but uh, boarding school. I mean, okay. he, I think he lived in the town, but. Anyways, him and I set records for for uh, just in our Bantam, on our Bantam team for the school, but obviously he made it and I didn't. So <laughs> a bit of a difference. But God had different plans for you, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah better plans, I think, and it's, hey, it's pretty awesome. So well, Matt, my I'm wife looking- was like, "We wouldn't be married if you played hockey." So it's all good. Matt, I'm looking for you on IG. I want to be able to add you to uh, some of the posts that we put up. What was the handle again? At restored sexuality, restored with a D sexuality. I'll find you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, brother, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and uh, just getting to hear your heart and your ministry. And uh, it's amazing what you're doing and uh, you're going to change lives. Uh, We appreciate what you're doing in in it. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for you. I hope we 
are able to partner with you um, on down the road. I know we've got, uh, I'm going to be talking with, um, is it Jeremy? Justin? Justin. Justin. Gosh, I, I got a Jeremy next week and Justin coming up pretty soon. I'm looking forward there to talking go. to him. He's, that's going to be good too. Yeah, he's high level, man, what he does. It's pretty cool. He's from up here, but lives in Florida now. So, yeah, he said he was in Miami. I was like, dude, I need to come down there and hang yeah, out. Let's do the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Miami. Road trip. Exactly. Road trip. Exactly. No, thanks for having me, guys. It's been fun. I love, I just love Man Up. But what, what I've seen from you guys is pretty awesome what you're doing. So it's cool to chat. Well, brother, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. And guys, make sure that you go check out his uh, website, website, Restored Ministries. If you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling with just sexual health in general, give these guys a call, uh, set up a call with them um, and try to to get as much help as you possibly can. And uh, we'll be praying for you guys. If you get an opportunity, make sure that you share this podcast with uh, your friends and uh, all your social media people. We need as many people following us as we possibly can. Love you guys and y'all have a great night. You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org.